Crime Freaks. Welcome back. We are finally back. Yay. Back <laughs> on our bullshit. <laughs> it's our favorite um, place to be. Yeah. We took a short hiatus, but we are back and we have got some more spooky tales for you. So I am Britt. And I'm Carrie. And let's get to it. Welcome back, and it is almost Christmas. I've almost got everything wrapped and ready. I have nothing wrapped or ready. That's okay. That's <laughs> totally okay. <laughs> so, Carrie's going to start us off. These are stories sent in from you guys. Some of them are anonymous, some are not, and they're all really spooky. So, buckle up. Okay, our first one starts out with... Uh, It was around 1980. I was living with my ex-husband at the time. We were renting a trailer with an extra room built on to the side of it, but we couldn't use it. It was a bedroom where the owner's wife used to stay. The room still had her bed and oxygen lines in it. She already had passed away. Anyway, we had a mirror in the living room that you could see down the hallway while you were sitting on the couch. I was home alone, sitting on my couch watching TV, when I saw something moving in the mirror. When Mm. I turned my head and looked, I could see an old lady crawling down the hallway. Oh, no. Her body was see-through, which is... Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already gone. Later, I was talking to my mother-in-law, who knew the owner to the trailer. She told me the lady that lived there had actually taken off her oxygen and committed suicide. They found her in the hallway. Oh, my God. No. Like, like <laughs> if I see anything crawling down my hallway that is not my children or my pets, I'm gone. Uh, me too. <laughs> gone. Ooh, that one was creepy. Okay, here's another one. This story took place at my parents' home in Brooke County in a town called Wellsburg, West Virginia. So, that's... Probably pretty close to us. My parents purchased this home back in 1995, and it was built back in 1910. They had it completely remodeled due to it being in a very bad shape, and they moved it into and around. They moved into it. I can't talk today. (laughs) Cancel me right now. We moved into it around the second week of January 1996. All was quiet until March of 2007. I had purchased a wrecked Jeep. GEO tracker from our local junkyard, and I put it in my parents' garage and restored it over the winter months. You mean a geo tracker? (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) GEO. GEO. Well, I mean, that's what it says. Okay. A correction. Geo tracker. (laughs) I was like, GEO tracker? (laughs) I'm such an idiot. (laughs) A GEO tracker. Geo tracker. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) While I was in the garage, all the lights started to flash like a Morse code SOS sequence. Then all of the lights went out. I checked the fuse box and everything looked fine to me, so I called my brother-in-law. He's an electrician and he came over and checked it out and said everything was fine. It made no sense to him, so he left. It doesn't make any sense, so I'm just going (laughs) to... I'm just going to leave. (laughs) Bye. Um... We had recently put up a new section of fence to keep our dogs in the yard, and I told my mother that one of the fence posts may have hit an underground wire that runs from the house to the garage, and it was possible that it had a short. Makes sense. Yeah. I went into the house and turned off the main breaker, 
and went back out into the garage and started to dig in the area where I thought the power lines could be. I dug down approximately three to five inches and hit what I thought was a big rock or possibly part of an old foundation. The more I dug, the bigger it got. I grabbed a large pry bar out of the garage and worked at it and it finally came loose and then up and out and flipped over. As I stood there looking at it, I saw a date written on it. It was dated 1880. The rest of the writing below had fallen off. It didn't dawn on me at the moment what I had just dug up, so I yelled for my mother to come and look at it. She came out and said, oh my god, that's a headstone. Hmm. Creepy. Yeah. Approximately three feet to the right of the headstone, I found a small nameplate with Lucy written on it backwards and also what looked like an an arrowhead. Huh. Weird. The power wire turned out to be fine, and my mother contacted someone in charge of the cemeteries in our county, and the guy told her they had no records of a cemetery being in our area, and if there was one, it must have been an unlisted private one. Three to five days later, we noticed caution tape was put around our neighbor's business, which is 40 feet from our backyard. Strange. Very strange. A few cop cars were parked by his business, but we didn't know what had happened. A few days later, my mother took the dogs over to his shop, which is a dog grooming business. So that's convenient. Yeah. My mother asked the owner, who at the time was also the mayor of Wellsburg, oh. about what had ha- happened. He told her a backhoe was working on his parking lot and it sunk down into a bigger hole. And when they got it out, they found human remains in the hole. And that is why law enforcement was there. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) The officers told them to cover it back up, which they did. My mother told him about the headstone and uh, what the guy in charge of the cemeteries had said. The mayor told her that back when our part of the town was called Laserville, our block was the cemetery. Supposedly, the bodies were moved to another cemetery. As you can see, they were not. Obviously not. (laughs) (laughs) They did not move them. Um, Or they missed some. Yeah, they did not understand the assignment. He said they found a headstone underneath the floor of his business also when they tore it up to replace the floor. Oh my god. So, (laughs) they just, like, didn't move the bodies, I guess. They were just like, fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) A few days later, our nightmare began. It's not even started yet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe where they disturbed the grave or something? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I was in my room reading a book around 2 a.m. and I heard footsteps that traveled from the kitchen to the laundry room. My daughter's bedroom door opened and in came a blue, blowing, glowing ball of light about the size of a soccer ball. It hovered for a few seconds and then zipped into my bedroom and vanished at the foot of my bed. Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, I rubbed my eyes and thought to myself, am I half asleep or what? The next day, I told my mother about it, and she said, you only imagined it. The next night, around the same time, I heard a noise in my daughter's bedroom, then a crashing sound. I jumped up and ran to her room. My daughter wasn't in there. She was at she was in her grandmother's bed because she was afraid of the dark. I noticed all of her toys, which were in a large cloth sack on the floor at the foot of her bed had scattered all over the bed and the floor. I put all of her toys back in the sack and put the sack back where it belonged. 
I tried to make sense of it and tried to recreate it, but I couldn't come close. The next day, I told my mother again, and she said, John, finding that headstone is messing with your head, which I thought was neat, finding that. The next day, it was my mother's turn to experience something. She was in the restroom when she and heard yelling, so I went to check on her. She said, whoever is trying to get, in, get into the restroom, that she would be done in a minute. I said, mother, nobody was back here trying to get in. And she said, ha ha, quit playing jokes. <laughs> the next morning, I heard her yelling again, and this time she was in the kitchen. When I walked in, her eyes were as big as saucers, and she was shaking. I asked what was wrong, and she said something came from the living room, and it walked right behind her, and she said it sounded like it had heavy boots on, and there was an ice-cold gust that came with it. Oh, wow. Weird. Mm -hmm. It decided to pick on my nine-year-old daughter the next day. She was in my mother's bedroom watching TV, and after my mother left the room to go to the restroom, we heard my daughter screaming. We ran in to see what had happened, and she'd said a, an old, bald-headed guy wearing a suit walked along the bed, then stopped, turned and looked at her, then turned back around and walked through the wall. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not weird. <clears throat> and she was nine, so. Yeah, not many nine-year-olds are used to seeing things <laughs> like that. Uh, I hope not. We ended up calling for an ambulance because my daughter was so shaken up that she had an asthma attack. Oh, that's that awful. That is so sad. And her inhaler wasn't working. My daughter moved out and moved in with her mother and hasn't been back in this house since. Oh. So she's scared to come back. That's awful. That is really sad. I have a nephew. He was 11 years old back when all this stuff started to happen. He's now 26 years old and now works for the sheriff's department. He said he will never come back to this house. He came to visit us, and while he was here, he claimed that he saw an old man in the laundry room watching us while we were watching TV in the living room. My mother, dad, and I looked and saw nothing. This happened three times. So I told him that I was going to get my digital camera, and the next time he saw, saw him to nudge me, and I would snap photos, which he did. I snapped several photos in a row as I walked from the living room to the laundry room. I did not look straight ahead as I walked. I was focusing on the small screen on the camera. It's a good thing that I did that because I would have seen with my own eyes what I captured on the camera, and I probably would have crapped myself. <laughs> <laughs> Same. In the photos, there, there is what looks like a human skull, and it's wearing an old-fashioned flat-top hat, and as I approached the laundry room, it turned its head and went out the back door. Jeez. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm already gone. Yeah. On I another been gone after it was at the, uh, after the first the daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on another day, when my nephew was visiting, I was in the garage working on my vehicle. My nephew came in the garage and said, um, Uncle Johnny, there's a little girl inside the house watching me at the back door. I looked and saw nothing. I had a digital camera in the glove box in my vehicle, so I gave him the camera and told him to take a picture of her the next time he saw her. He came back into the garage and said, here's your camera back. I took photos of her. I went into the house and put the memory card into the computer, and there was a little girl standing at the back door wearing a dress that others told us was from during the 1800s. Oh my god. Yeah. One morning, I got up and went to the kitchen to get something to drink, and two dogs that we used to have, which are both deceased now, ran past me and stopped in the kitchen where the kitchen meets the living room 
and both growled and barked in the towards the living room. I stepped into the living room to look and saw a small, dark mass moving along the wall. So I left and went back to my bedroom and grabbed the digital camera again. And as soon as I turned the corner, I started snapping photos. I captured a bald-headed man wearing a suit. He was seen in my mother's china cabinet glass window. And as I walked into the living room, I saw his face in the mirror. He said something to me in a deep voice, and I felt threatened, so I left the living room. As I turned around to yell for the dogs, I saw a picture frame lift up off the living room wall and was thrown. Glass shattered everywhere. Oh, my God. That's some, like, creepy... um, That's some poultry ash. Poltergeist (laughs) stuff, yeah. As I turned around, I left the house along with the dogs and didn't return for a while. We decided it was a... It was a good time to get help, um, I would say, at, at that point. That's true. Yeah. My mother asked our church, and they didn't want to be involved for whatever reason, so we wrote to a paranormal group, and a group came from Ohio called the Ohio Researchers of Banded Spirits. Hmm. Orbs, O-R-B-S. Pretty nice name. Yeah, that's cool. They brought a priest with them. They captured EVPs and EMFs, hit in the garage, and said they heard footsteps. They went into the house and captured more EVPs and said they saw a seven-foot-tall shadow person in the basement. I'll that never seems go, a little excessive. I'm never going to that basement, <laughs> which they captured on a thermal camera. They said it attacked the priest by trying to hit him. Oh, wow. The priest blessed the house, property, and us. He said it was gone and we shouldn't have any more problems, which it seemed like it worked for the first couple of months before it started back up again. Mm. With knocking at the front and back door when my mother went to look, no one was there. So, this one's not going anywhere. So, like a little ghost ding-dong ditch? Yeah, (laughs) ding-dong ditch. (laughs) The group that came here contacted a TV show called My Ghost Story Caught on Camera. I've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Then these people contacted us, and they picked us to be on that show, which aired on December 28th, 2012, and it was titled Beyond the Grave. Seems like I've watched that for some reason. I know. I feel like I have, too. Uh, We were also picked to be on Paranormal Survivor, which aired on October 20th, 2018, and was titled Buried Secrets. The priest that came here read a book called The Exbolist. Exbolist? I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, Which is based on actual demonic encounters and put this house in that book. The Ohio group said they investigated hundreds and hundreds of locations, and this house ranks in their top five. Wow. So that's that's super... That's a lot. That's a lot. The most recent harmful thing that has happened here was last year. My elderly mother was pulled out of her bed, and it was captured on a nanny cam. Oh, God. A camera was put in her room because she said something kept touching her. I want to see that video. Uh, Me too. Which was also captured on camera. I was partially pulled out of my bed after I saw a shadow person in my bedroom. I have been scratched and a few others as well that have visited us. My mother had bruises on her arm that looked like fingernails and a few others said it looked like bite marks. We saw small flashing white lights all of the time and it's been captured on security cameras multiple times. An apparition has been captured a few times on the cameras and videos and voices talking and objects being moved and thrown. 
The last paranormal investigator that visited was back around June 2018, um, and he wrote a book called Real West Virginia Hauntings, Volume 1, which also had a story about this house titled Wellsburg Devil House. Yikes. Well, now I want to look that up. I know. I want that book. (laughs) When he was here, he stood in an area inside our garage that is sinking and asked if he was standing on anyone's grave. A female's voice responded saying, yes. Well, yeah, obviously. Obviously, because they were all buried. and I mean, they yeah. weren't moved. Which is awful. I mean, that's just horrible. That's awful. Yeah. Like they were supposed to move it and they didn't. We've been trying to get someone to come out here since the last investigator was here. Uh, we have reached out to most of the paranormal TV shows and we have had no response from anyone else. We would like to find a group that could possibly bring ground penetrating radar equipment oh that would be amazing oh gosh that'd be i want to see that i really want to see that or even cadaver dogs so that we can find out where all the graves are i don't know if they would be able to smell with them being that long ago though i don't know and like because that's a long long ass time ago yeah the 1800s Mm -hmm. the house also needs to be blessed again it has been blessed three times now and it's still very much here that oh. one was really freaky. Yeah. Um, I mean, like ho- I can't even imagine. <laughs> Hopefully they have, you know, peace now and all that stopped. But that's that's really scary. All right. Are we ready for the next one? Yep. Okay. This one is from a true ghost story from someone that's, that we got it from. I'm not sure where. <laughs> not sure where <laughs> not it came sure. from. But, uh. Apparently, this person had been playing with a Ouija board. Oh, this freak <laughs> me out. I've never played with one. Oh, I have. Oh, gives me anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> but this was uh, apparently their, uh, their story about um, after using a homemade Ouija board. Okay. Okay. This is <clears throat> day four. The morning after the entity tried to pull me out of bed, I woke up to my room completely wrecked. I quickly get ready for school and chose to spend the extra 30 minutes sitting on my front porch waiting on the bus. Anything was better than being in the house. My nerves were shot. I felt like anything could happen at any moment. It was the purest form of dread. The bus pulls up and as I get up to leave, my front door opens. I heard the knob actually turn and open. Nobody was there. I sped walked my way to the bus. I never wanted to go to school more in my life. (laughs) <laughs> I would say. And I was also never, and I also never dreaded getting home from school either. Everything was normal, and I slowly forgot about my troubles until my last class that day. My teacher asked for the ridiculously thick packet sent home with us the week before. It was due today. I was completely distracted by the crazy things that were going on that I had completely forgotten about it. This packet alone was worth a huge chunk of my grade for the entire class, so I couldn't just shirk it. I feel like that was seventh grade science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. It was in my book bag, and the only thing I wrote on it was my name. I told her I forgot it at home and asked if I could bring it first thing in the morning. That'll be ten points off, Mr. Smith, she said. About twenty minutes go by, and all of a sudden, the classroom door opens. Nobody there. The handle turned, clicked, and the door opened in front of the entire class, but there was no one there. My teacher walked over to the door and poked her head out, looking for someone. That's strange, she said, closing the door. I wish that that class would never end. 
because I knew the bus home was next. Once I got home, I decided to get right to work on the packet. It would keep my mind focused on something else, and I was really needed and I really needed to get started on it anyway. It was a packet big enough to be a crumb. I opened my book bag and the packet was gone. I knew for a fact it was in my book bag because I saw it in there at school. I upended my book bag, no trace of it, gone. I tore my already wrecked room apart and searched the house for three hours, no sign of it. As I was freaking out and cussing up a storm in frustration, I remember that I left the Ouija board in my backpack too, and it went missing too. My blood went cold. I took it, I'm sorry, it took it, Ugh. it has it. I knew, I knew it was doing it to get me, to give it attention. I looked for another hour until my mom got home. She was the only there long enough to pick up my brother and then I was alone to try to find my packet. I finally gave up. It was nowhere and I was losing hours of precious time looking for it. Not only is my time I need to complete this monster packet being wasted, but the longer it takes me to start on it, the later I'll be up working on it in the night. As I sat there in my room, I lost, lost in panicky thought. I felt something watching me. Okay, I said. I know you're here and I know you have my packet. Please give it back. Please. It's incredibly important that I do it. I need that packet. I got a feeling of the room closing in. I got a feeling of the room closing in. Invisible eyes burning into me like a spotlight. If I close my eyes, will you just give it back? Will you just give me... <laughs> <laughs> if I close my eyes, will you please just give me back my packet? I closed my eyes. Please give me my homework. I really need it. I felt something land in my lap. I opened my eyes and it was my packet. I was home alone. My blood ran cold. I grabbed my packet and I worked on it on my front porch until everyone got back. That night I heard many strange noises of things being moved, but I was too focused on my work to care. Day five was an almost normal. I completed the packet and turned it in. Got a 90%. Thanks for the 10 off, Teach. I got home and everything seemed fine until I went into my room to grab my shoes just to get out of the house. I walked into my room and I felt danger. The light was off, so I went to turn on my standing lamp with multiple lights. Click, click. It took two clicks to turn on all four lights. I felt intense fear as soon as the light turned on. Bang. All four light bulbs busted. Ooh. I froze on the spot. I looked from the lamp to my bedroom window, and then bang. <laughs> what looked like a large black bird smashed into my window. I grabbed my shoes and ran. Once I got outside, I took a breather and then went around the house to see what, or to check on the bird. As hard as it hit the window, surely it must be dead. It nearly broke the glass. There was no, there was no bird. I spent that night on the couch. Day six. Nothing too crazy happened on day six. I woke up on the floor of my living room which was very odd because I never move in my sleep, but other than that, it was normal. Day 7. The final day of the paranormal spike. I woke up on the floor of my bedroom, facing the underneath of my bed. I got up and went across the street to my friend's house to get away. I asked him if anything strange has been going on at his place. Nah, nothing. Why? Because shit's been popping off at my house. That Ouija board was a bad idea. Told you, he said. I thought you didn't believe in ghosts, I fired back. Oh, no, I don't. I just think it's funny. And he laughed. After a few hours, I went back home and turned on my ceiling bedroom light since my lamps in the bulb, since my lamps bulbs were busted. I got halfway to my bed and click, the light turned off. <laughs> the light switch was down. I went and turned it back on, and as soon as I turned around, click, 
it turned off again. Nope, I said, and I spent the night in the living room. <laughs> That'd be me. Nope. <laughs> um, and uh, it says that uh, try not to stay up too late, but if you do, make sure that you uh, tape your light switch down to the or tape your light switch on so that it doesn't <laughs> get turned off. That's why you shouldn't play with Ouija boards, children. Yes, don't play with Ouija boards. Thank you. I think, actually, I think I have another story about a Ouija board. On to the next story. Okay. Time for a true ghost story. When I was 14, I decided to play with a homemade Ouija board. Since my house was haunted and my friend's house across the street was also haunted, why not? In the 50s to 70s, There used to be a diner slash motel with an in-ground pool in the back. I made the board out of cardboard and used a piece of hard plastic as the planchette. His basement was sagging from age. There was rooms down there that nobody stayed in. Whenever we'd go down there to smoke, I I felt like someone was standing there in the room looking at you. But it felt like there were people walking around down there room to room you'd hear a faint footstep on concrete sometimes and it was always cold down there even in the summer my friend would say he didn't believe in ghosts but he was afraid to go down there and would never say why to this day he won't say exactly why he didn't like to go down there but one night we lit tea candles and played with the board the planchette never moved but the temperature dropped so far that we saw our own breath Even though outside it was hot and muggy in a summer night. We felt eyes on us, and after a while we went upstairs. The next day I went home with the board. Nothing happened until I went to sleep that night. I slept like a rock. I've never been a mover. When I woke up I was laying on on a bare bed. My pillows, cover, and my bed sheet made a trail out the back door, which was wide open. I left the Ouija board and planchette in my book bag. I think this it was is the first part to the one I was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be. I left the Ouija board and planchette in my book bag. It was gone. Never seen it again. Every night after that, something happened. Second night, a basket of chips, a basket of chips that I set on the desk, shook like some invisible hand was shaking it for about ten seconds. Chips went all over the place. The third night was the worst of the seven days of activity. My house is almost always active, but those seven days after I got back was terrifying. I was afraid to go to sleep, but was even more afraid to be awake in the night. The third night I woke up freezing. My cover was pulled off of me and on the floor by my bed. I reached down and grabbed it and went back to sleep. I was woken up to something pulling on my leg. Uh, no. Absolutely not. (laughs) I was like, uh, no. One leg was suspended in midair, and I focused on it and gave a tug back. It stopped pulling, but didn't let go. Oh, God. I held my leg suspended with incredible strength. Oddly, I wasn't scared. I think I was so scared that I went into shock or something because I said in an angry tone, that's my leg. Let go now. And my leg dropped. I just got cold chills typing this. Just as it let my leg go, 
I heard plain as day in the room so silent that you could hear a pin drop. A little girl giggled. Hee hee hee. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. There's nothing creepier than a little oh girl god. giggling when there is no little girl in the room. <laughs> There's no little girl. She said, and in the far corner of my room behind the door to get out of the room, I saw a small dark silhouette. I yanked my cover over my head and forced myself to go to sleep. Yeah, that blanket's going to protect you. Yeah, and that's probably <laughs> not a little girl because, like... Little girl ghosts are usually demons. Are usually demons, yes. Air quotes around ghosts. Well, I hope you like my story. It still scares me to think about. I know that um, was no little girl. <laughs> oh, good, good. It was ungodly strong. Things tamed back down gradually after about a month but things still happen but that's a story for another time my friends sleep tight don't forget to have your bottle of water by your bed so you don't have to go to the kitchen that fridge light is an awful is awfully bright in the dark who knows who knows who or what you will see <laughs> so that's why i keep a bottle of water by the bed i just don't get up i'm, I'm just chicken. lazy <laughs> here this whole time i thought it was because i was lazy oh my god okay Back in 89, there was a terrible bus accident in my hometown. A total of 21 kids passed away, including my cousin. I wasn't born yet, 94 baby, but my mom told me the story and she says this accident is what ultimately changed bus exits and drills to ensure students knew, know how to act in case of an emergency on their bus. This was in Alton, Texas. We made nationwide news. The reason for this accident is because a Coca-Cola driver ran a stoplight but what she, or I'm sorry. The reason for this accident is because a Coca-Cola driver ran a stoplight. But what the media didn't cover is that he was hungover slash still drunk and he collided into the bus that sank into a pit filled with water and all of these kids passed away. It was a terrible time because some of these kids died because their peers were so desperate to get out. They basically drowned each other. Oh, that's awful. That's, that's the saddest thing I've ever read. So, obviously, Coca-Cola paid the settlements, and they tried to cover up the negligence as much as they could. Years later, this pit became a park with a little pond, and I currently live really close to it. It's been said that if you go at night, you can hear the screams of little kids still begging for help. Oh. A couple years ago, my ex-sister-in-law, who is very sensitive to the paranormal, was working out in the park, or was working out in the park, <laughs> uh, with a friend listening to music. When they heard their music stop and what came out of the speaker was instead laughter of children and her mom had a, ba a baseball thrown at her that was wet and muddy like it had came from the pond. Ooh. The park has 21 crosses adorned on the outside fence in memory of the children and every September our community remembers the 21. I've never personally seen anything when I have driven by at night but I always get an overwhelming sensation of sadness and get so tired. My aunt, who is the mother of my cousin who passed in this accident, says that after the accident, my cousin has followed them to every house they've moved to, including her nephew sighting her and having full conversations with her. This story makes me feel so sad because these poor children didn't get to live their full lives. That is so sad. I mean, we had a um, situation like that yeah. around here where there was a horrible bus accident. Yeah, I remember that. And... Like, I just can't even imagine. That's awful. Now every time I drink a Coke, I'm going to think about that. Yeah, but it wasn't Coke's fault. It was the no. stupid driver. 
So basically, don't go to work hungover or still drunk. Exactly. Especially if your job is to drive. Yeah. <laughs> that is terrible. It really is. I'd forgotten about that one. Okay, this one is titled Imaginary Friend. I already don't like it. <laughs> so about five years ago, my daughter, who I strongly believe has abilities, was four years old and in preschool and started talking about a person I had never met. She said his name was Oliver. She would talk about him and say things like, Oliver was just here asking to come inside the house. I brushed it off as an act of imagination. Then she started telling me how he would keep her awake at night by t talking to her through her bedroom window. Her bedroom window was literally soundproof and nailed shut and cap incapable of opening. I asked her if Oliver was her friend thinking it may be a child in her preschool class. And she replied, no, <laughs> in a completely um, terrified tone. I told, I called her school to see if anyone there, an adult or child, goes by the name of Oliver, or if she had read any stories in class with a character named Oliver. No, she seemed really scared, so I asked her what he looked like. To which she told me that he was really tall and scary, wearing a white shirt and funny-looking pants. I continued to pray about it but and tried to brush it off. Now, at the time, we lived in a very rural area, accessible only by dirt roads, and my only neighbor next to me was about a two-acre distance away. I'd come home to find objects from inside my house that I had seen inside only minutes before placed in the middle of my parking spot in the driveway. Every time my daughter would tell me, Oliver did this, I was beginning to think that my daughter and myself had both lost our minds. Hmm. One day, my only neighbor comes into my job and is asking me and passing me and in passing asks if any visitors, our area was so rural that anyone seen there belonged there undoubtedly I said no why she repeats her question asking if I'm sure I have no family or anyone staying with me no then she says well last night when I got up at about 3 a.m. to let my dogs out I saw a man in your driveway and that walked past your car and straight up to your front door like you lived there God. I was alarmed and as as this was completely uncharacteristic yeah I asked what he looked like, and she said, That's the weirdest part. He was wearing a dirty white shirt and camouflage fish, fishing wader pants with the boots attached. We lived about two plus miles from the river up a large mesa. I literally freaked out. I contacted a local paranormal group that told me it sounded like a wandering spirit and to let my daughter know it's okay to tell him to go away and that he doesn't belong there. I told her, and she seemed really relieved. After that, he went away, and she didn't see him or talk about him again for about a month. I never mentioned the incident after that because I was afraid to bring up things that would scare her. After her bath about a month ago, she randomly mentions to me, Mommy, remember when we used to see my imaginary person named Oliver? I'm like, sure, but that was, he was imaginary. Or was he real to her? To which... She emphasized, he was real, Mommy. Hmm. That's creepy. It is. It, kids are scary. I've just got this uh, weird story that I, that I read on Pinterest, and I really like it. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's called The Never Ending Road. Okay. 
In Corona, California, there was once a road known by most of the locals as the, as the never-ending road. Specifically, the road's true name was Lester Road. Now, over 20 years later, the landscape of Corona has changed, and the never-ending road is no more. Is no more. However, years ago, Lester Road was an unlit road that people claimed became a never-ending road when driving at night. The people who made such a drive were never seen or heard from again. The legend became so well-known that people refused to even drive Lester Road during the day. One night, like many teens my age, I drove up Lester Road, but only a short distance, and in my headlights, it did look like it went on forever. Frightened, I quickly turned around, because if I continued up the road, I thought I might never return again. Perpetuation of the legend convinced local law enforcement to investigate. Lester Road took a sharp left-hand turn at its end, and there were no guardrails. Beyond the curve lay a canyon, and on the other side of the canyon was another road that lined up so well with Lester Road that when viewed from the correct angle, especially at night, the canyon vanished from sight, and the road seemed to continue on up and over the hill on the other side of the canyon. Upon investigation of the canyon, dozens of cars were found that had fallen to their doom, with decomposing bodies of the victims still strapped to their seats. Oh, yikes. So they just couldn't tell that the road took a turn, and they just kept going straight, kept going and they straight. just drove right off a cliff. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah. Have you ever had a dream, like, you wake up and you're like, you're falling? Oh, yeah. Or like, going off a cliff or something? Because I've done that. Yeah. And you wake Super up like, freaky, <gasps> like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Well, we hope you enjoyed this Christmas episode. Um, we will be back at the beginning of the year. So be prepared to be hearing a lot more from us. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.